Welcome to Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Spencer, and for those of you who are new or just don't know, this podcast is essentially an audio version of my videos over on YouTube, which you can find if you go over to YouTube and type in the search bar at the Film Punch. Should be able to find my channel from there, but in case you don't, you can also head over to my Instagram, which is also at the Film Punch, and the link in the bio should take you where you need to go. But yeah, uh, over on my YouTube channel, not only can you get the video versions of what I talk about over here, but you can also get it earlier, so I highly recommend going over there and subscribing. This podcast will be ending at episode 200, no more episodes after that, so all the content will be over there going forward. Uh, but yeah, I think I have all that out of the way. As for this episode, I will be reviewing 2009's Avatar, in preparation, of course, for Avatar The Way of Water. I was debating on having this review lumped in with that Avatar Way of Water review all in one episode, but I decided to have them separate for the people that didn't want to hear anything about that second movie and just wanted to hear my opinions about the first. So also, I just kind of needed to post some extra episodes just to kind of get ahead a little bit uh, because I'm shooting for that last 200th episode to come out sometime in early February. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of shooting for that range. So if I, I post more in a week than usual, post more episodes in a week than usual, then, uh, then that is why. But let's not waste any more time. Let's thank the sponsors and get into the review. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases. And you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So 2009's Avatar is written and directed by James Cameron and tells the story of Jake Sully, played by Sam Worthington, who is a Marine soldier who heads to the planet of Pandora. And basically his mission is to get into this Avatar body that looks like the Navi tribe that lives on the planet, infiltrate the tribe, get them to trust him, and then basically have them move out of the way so they can, they can get this substance that they have called unobtainium. Um, so yeah, it's essentially about humans infiltrating an alien territory in order to get their substances. Does that sound familiar? I'm pretty sure it does. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Sam Worthington plays Jake Sully. We also have Zoe Saldana as Neytiri, one of the natives of the Navi tribe. Um, and she's she's basically like the second to main character, I guess I would say. Uh, she has a very important role in this movie, not just as kind of the love interest, but um as kind of a badass herself i think she's a badass in her own right 
Uh, we also have Sigourney Weaver as Dr. Grace Augustine. Um, Sigourney Weaver in this movie, they kind of set her up to be one thing and kind of had her do another thing. And that's not a bad thing, what I'm describing. If you've seen the movie, maybe you kind of know what I'm talking about. But they kind of set her up to be one way and make her another way. And I very much liked what they did with his, her character, for the most part, at least. I think they could have done a little bit more, especially with such a long runtime. Uh, we also have Stephen Lang as Colonel Miles Quaritch. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, you know, he's the muscle. He's the he's the gunner. He's the, he's the badass that will take you out and... Uh, you know, look good doing it. He's, you know, he's a piece of shit for sure. He's the kind of guy you really want to see die. But, um, you know, at the same time, he's Stephen Lang. So he's really fun to watch on screen. And the way he plays the character, I would say, is pretty fun as well. Uh, we also have Michelle Rodriguez as Trudy Chacon. Hopefully I'm saying that right. She's kind of the uh, the pilot in the group here. Um, yeah, very capable behind the uh, the wheel or the stick of, uh, of a plane or whatever it might be. Uh, we also have Giovanni Ribisi, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Parker Selfridge, the kind of mastermind behind this whole mission to get Unobtainium. Uh, we have Joel David Moore as Norm Spellman, kind of uh, the second in command, or maybe not second command, but like uh, the second hand man to Jake Sully in this movie. Um, you know, as a wingman, essentially. Uh, yeah, let me see who else we have here. We have Laz Alonzo as Tusute, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, another one of the natives of the Navi tribe. Uh, we have CCH Pounder as Moat, the mother to Natiri. And then Wes Studi as Utakan, hopefully I'm saying that right, as the father of Natiri. Uh, and that's pretty much the main cast for you there. Pretty great cast, I would say, with Stephen Lang, Sigourney Weaver, Sam Worthington, Zoe Zeldana. I mean, everybody involved, I think, does a really great job and brings their A-game and does their best with what they're given. Um... At times, I do think a lot of the dialogue in this film falls a little bit flat. Um, and I do think there are some kind of one-note characters, especially with the villains. Um, you know, Stephen Lang's character, kind of one-note. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi's character, Parker Selfridge, he almost doesn't feel necessary in this movie at all. It almost feels like Miles Quaritch, played by Stephen Lang, could have been the just one main villain of this movie. But they decided to have some sort of mastermind behind him for whatever reason. Just to kind of have, I guess, comic relief. But, you know, he really wasn't that funny. And he was kind of just a douchebag. So, uh, yeah. Um, when it comes to Sigourney Weaver in this film, I, I very much liked her. I mean, I like her in pretty much every role I see her in. Uh, but I think she, she does good in this role with what she's given. At times, I wish she was given more. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's an almost three-hour movie. I, I don't feel like there's anything that should fall flat in this film, but there's there's a few things that really do, as I said before, with the dialogue and some of the kind of one-note characters in here. Uh, but Sam Worthington, I would say, along with Zoe Saldana, they're obviously the two standouts of this film. They're the two main characters of this film, so they should be the standouts. Um, but I have a lot of fun with those two characters, and I like to see their relationship together and see them start to trust each other more learn from each other. Um, yeah, I think watching them together makes makes this movie worth watching for sure. Uh, not only that, but also the visual effects of this film. The film came out 13 years ago in 2009, and for the most part, a lot of the effects do hold up. I did not watch the re-released -re version in theaters, um, and the version I watched on Disney+, Plus, I don't think is that version as far as I know. 
So maybe with that re-released version, they had some, some slightly better effects. But in here, there's times where it looks almost photorealistic and times where it just does not look good at all. Like it looks, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, a, uh, again, don't know exactly how to describe it. Just kind of looks like a CGI clusterfuck. I guess that's the word I'll use. Um, there's times where it looks like that and there's other times where it looks photorealistic. And I would say there's probably not a single shot in this movie that doesn't have a, you know, one speck of CGI on the screen. Um, so for a film that's pretty much purely CGI and to have it hold up this well 13 years later, I would say that's accomplishment in its own right for sure. I mean, it's one of the biggest movies that we've ever had for sure. Um, I think it's back at that number one spot for the, you know, highest grossing film of all time because of that re-release. Um, Avengers Endgame did beat it for a while, but I think it, it took that number one spot again. Um, and, and it did that for a reason, because this is a revolutionary film. It did something that really no film at the time had done. Films, of course, you know, now have done stuff like that. And, you know, there's some other stuff. Um, you know, there's some other movies that kind of tried to do what they were doing in here before, but just didn't quite make the mark. And in here, it's just like James Cameron got it right. He knew when the right time to do it was, and he did it. And um, I, I can commend him for that. I respect him for that for sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, those real big complaints um, is is the dialogue, the one-note characters. And also just, um, I, I guess the one-note character thing can also you know, be part of this. But I felt a really hard time latching on to certain characters you know, there's a few times where a few characters throughout the movie die, and I just don't really care, and they're supposed to be characters you really cared about. Um, there's one in particular where I was just like, well, I like the actor, so the fact that that character died is sad. But um, uh, other than that, like, I really did have a hard time latching onto those characters, which is something I hope they kind of build upon more in Way of the Water. I hope that the emotion hits me a little bit more when it comes to those kind of relational, you know, relationship kind of... Uh, you know, aspects of the film, especially when it comes to in the new movie, when they have a family, I think that'll, you know, tug on my heartstrings for sure. But in this, I just had trouble really latching on certain people. And maybe it's because of some of that CGI where it just like, it's hard to see them at times as, you know, actual, maybe not people, but you know what I mean? Like actual beings, it's hard to see them as actual beings, rather than just like somebody voicing over in animation, a really well done animation, really well done CGI, but like it's kind of hard to latch on to at times just because of that. I feel like at times just the way that the, the visual effects are for the time. Um, you don't always see the emotion in their eyes, especially there's one scene in particular where Nateri is crying and you don't really see any tears in her eyes. Um, you know, they kind of, they make it convincing enough, but uh, I just wish there was a little bit more emotion behind those eyes rather than just kind of feeling a little blank at times. Um, but yeah, again, everybody involved does a really great job, does a really great job with what they're given. Um, I think the visual effects still hold up 13 year, years later, which is a big accomplishment in its own right. Um, there are plenty of things that I would take out of the, maybe not plenty, but there are definitely quite a few things that I would take out of this movie. I would definitely shorten it by like 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. Don't think it needs to be quite as long as it is. Um, there was a point where I got to, uh, you know, it was about an hour and five minutes left. I was like, it feels like this movie's going to wrap up in like 20, 30 minutes tops and still have an hour left. Um, 
so yeah, I do think it does kind of have a pacing issue, especially towards the middle of the movie there, when you kind of see all the Na'vi getting ready for the big fight. Um, that's when it really kind of slows down and, you know, it's because you're, you're ready to watch them fight. You just watch a lot of destruction. You just watched a lot of shit go down. You're ready for them to go do that, but you got to wait a little bit, um, which, you know, some people might not mind, but me personally, I'm just like, I feel like we could have kind of fast forward through this a little bit. Um, we didn't need to like really see every last bit of it. Um, but then by the end, the climax, the last, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of the film, I, my eyes were glued to the screen. I couldn't look away at all. Um, you know, the final fights that you see in there are impactful. They're, in fact, all the fights, like the war scenes in this movie, especially in the climax of the film, some of the best, like, war scenes I've seen in a movie in quite a long time. And I've seen really good war movies, like 1917. I wouldn't say it's quite at that level. It's a little bit different. And with the CGI, it's cool because they're, like, able to do different things. So, like, with explosions, they have horse-type creatures. So you get to see horses, like, get blown back like they actually would in an actual war. But they don't really always show that in actual war movies and stuff like that. It's not always as easy to show because, you know, you can't do that to an actual horse. And they don't always have the budget for, you know, a CGI horse. So in here, it's all CGI. So they can just do whatever they want, essentially, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, like those war scenes, they were impactful and, and, you know, when certain characters died off, I was like, shit, damn dude, that's like, and, and like to see the certain Navi tribe members get plucked off by the human characters, it makes you hate that human character. Even if you don't know who that human character is, you're like, fuck this guy. I want to see this guy die, even though I don't know who you are because you just killed some of them and I care about them. <laughs> um, so that I, I think for the most part, I, I latch onto the idea of the Navi more than the actual people themselves, like the individuals. Um, I, I, you know, it's easy to feel for them because they're having their land taken away. It's a very, you know, it's a story that we've all heard before because it's something that's happened in our history, not just American history, but, you know, all over the world. It's, it's something that's, you know, we can, you know, most, a lot of places can re relate to is having having things stolen from other people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a human story uh, in a non-human setting, I guess you could say. So, uh, for, in that aspect, I think it really does work. Um, I, I like the idea of this movie more than the, uh, more than the actual execution at times. But uh, at the end of the day, I do want to say that this is a fantastic film. I think it's one that people should respect and appreciate don't necessarily say you have to love it or like it even but you gotta at least respect it for what it is and uh i personally do uh this is no longer a movie that's in theaters so you know I, i'm gonna do my my regular kind of ranking system but i'm gonna do a streaming ranking system as well um it, it's pretty simple when it comes to streaming you know premium subscription uh what else uh, standard subscription basic subscription uh basic subscription with ads free trial, cancel your subscription. Um, I would probably put this at a standard subscription. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't necessarily pay extra for, uh, but it's worth, you know, the price to get the uh, streaming service. And same kind of goes for the movies, premium, uh, premium ticket, standard ticket, this kind of ticket, free ticket. 
I would give it a standard ticket, worth the price of admission for me, but not necessarily worth paying extra for. I mean, for a movie like this, it's worth paying extra for for IMAX and IMAX 3D inevitably because, you know, that's the way James Cameron wants it. But um, for me personally, um, you know, I, I wouldn't pay extra if I didn't have to, I guess, if I didn't really have to review it and get the director director's vision uh, the way that the director wants you to watch it. Um, so yeah, standard subscription and standard ticket for both. I think it's worth the price of admission. It's worth the price of getting a streaming service for, or like, um, you know, you know what I mean, getting the monthly trial or whatnot and whatnot. It's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. Um, definitely worth downloading, or not downloading, but, you know, getting that monthly subscription to watch it at least, uh, because I don't think it's that much. It's like, what, $6.99, $7.99 a month for, for Disney Plus, or depending on which bundle you do. I mean, I mean, you want Disney Plus anyway. There's plenty of stuff to watch on there, so you're going to get it anyway. You might as well watch Avatar uh, if you have, you know, three hours to kill. So there's my review for 2009's Avatar. Have you seen it? What did you think? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you in the middle? I like it, but I don't love it. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. As I said before, it's it's a perfectly adequate film for me. There's just things, a lot of things that I pr would probably change and do differently. And then just some aspects that were a little bit harder for me to latch onto. But at the end of the day, I have immense respect for this film. I have immense respect for James Cameron and um, immense respect for you know, the things that this, this film was able to accomplish at the time and, and still accomplish to this day. So yeah, have you not seen Avatar? Why have you not seen Avatar? Like what the heck, man? Uh, so why haven't you watched that? Comment that down below. I'd like to know. Uh, but yeah, are you planning on watching it before the sequel comes out? Are you planning on watching the sequel? Uh, why or why not? Comment all that down below. Really anything you want to comment down below. I would love to hear from you. I respond to pretty much all my comments. So yeah down there people let's get the discussion going but yeah leave a like on the video subscribe hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload and i will see you in the next video with my review for avatar the way of water thank you all so much for listening once again i'm on youtube at the film punch i'm on instagram at the film punch and i'm also on facebook at the film punch pretty convenient uh but yeah if you can't find the channel over on youtube by using that uh that handle which apparently I guess some people have been having issues with it for whatever reason, even though, and for those of you who don't know, handles are a relatively new thing over on YouTube. Uh, you know, not only for creators, but just for like people to use socially when they're like commenting and stuff. Um, it used to be just, you know, it, your handle was at the end of the, the URL for your YouTube channel. So it'd be something like youtube.com slash the film punch or whatever it might be. Uh, but now they have handles, and it's supposed to make it easier for people to find your stuff, but I guess according to a couple people, they haven't been able to find it by typing that in. So once again, go over to my Instagram, at the Film Punch, which you should be able to find a little bit easier, hopefully. Uh, and the link in the bio should take you where you need to go. Um, but I also didn't mention this in the beginning. I have a little bit more of a personal account over on Instagram. I don't really post there a whole lot, but it's kind of just meant for me to post whatever I want and kind of just talk to people a little bit more over there, even though I kind of don't, to be honest. But if you want to follow me there, it's at the film sensei. Uh, so you can follow me there or over on, you know, at the film punch, either one really. Uh, but I highly suggest overall just, uh, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Um, because again, episode 200 will be the last and that's coming up in February. So 
all of the content is going to be over on YouTube going forward, and honestly, it mostly already is over there going forward. The most I do for these podcasts is record an intro and an outro and <clears throat> just kind of arrange things how I need it to be, so... Yeah, uh, not a, a lot of effort goes into the podcast, if you can't really tell. Um, and I, I mean, that's that's just kind of done because I don't have as much enthusiasm about the podcast as I used to. I hope that doesn't like kind of rub you guys the wrong way by me saying that. But the podcast is what I started with uh, back in February of 2020. I believe it's like February 8th or something like that. Um, but... Started the podcast then with my first episode. I believe it was like a Birds of Prey review or something like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been going strong with the with the podcast. Or I guess I went strong with the podcast for a while there. Um, for maybe like a year, year and a half or so. Um, been doing it for two years. So yeah, I started to lose steam. There's a lot of things that kind of happened in between that I might talk about eventually maybe in episode 200, um, <clears throat> but just things that kind of like happened in my life that were tough. So it was like tougher for me to actually record stuff and go all, see all the movies I wanted to. And I mean, I don't know, it'd it be that way sometimes, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point. The end of the episode is always the point where I just kind of ramble about whatever I want because most of the time, nobody is listening at this point. But if you are, I very much appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I at a certain point, I started doing YouTube. And then I posted like audio, you know, the full episode, just like audio version episodes over on YouTube. And it didn't really get a whole lot of traction. Because who wants to listen to like an hour and an hour and a half, hour to an hour and a half of just audio and not look at anything um, you know, they might as well just go to the podcast and, um, <clears throat> I don't know. YouTube was always the thing I really wanted to do, but the podcast just seemed like the easier thing to do at the time. And it was for sure. It still is. But like, I don't know. It's just easy. Isn't really what I'm looking for at this point. I'm, I don't know. I'm just looking, I think YouTube is what I put more effort into. I still need to put more effort into it with when it comes to editing and all that, but for the most part, I think the amount of insight that I bring to at least most of my reviews, I, I enjoy. I, for the most part, have a lot of videos that I finish recording and I'm like, you know what, that was a good review. Um, and I'm proud of my reviews. It's just the whole editing aspect that I'm not really proud of because I don't do it. Um, and it's mostly just because I don't have the time to do it, but I got to make the time to do it. And I, sometimes I just feel like I kind of got to sacrifice being, you know, one of the first few people to talk about something for the sake of having at least a little bit of editing to make things a little more entertaining, um, especially for those like, you know, really long videos. Um, you know, they need a little bit of something in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the short videos, I feel like those would be easy to punch up real quick and edit. Um, but I don't know. We'll figure it out in due time. I'm kind of thinking, kind of slash waiting uh, for this podcast to be wrapped up and for me to not have to worry about it to start editing. But honestly, this podcast really doesn't take a whole lot of effort in the first place. So I'm kind of just making excuses. It's it's one of those things. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge procrastinator. But at the same time, I I like to try to get things done quickly. 
So I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm a weird person, but a lot of people are. So I'm just going to end this freaking episode. I just keep rambling. My voice is like getting strained and shit. It's that time of year where my voice is all <clears throat> grovelly and shit. So I'm going to wrap this shit up. But uh, yeah, in the next episode, review for Avatar The Way of Water, which will most likely have a non-spoiler and spoiler segment. Not sure if there's going to be an initial reaction video or not, uh, like I do with a lot of the Marvel movies, but we shall see. Uh, so yeah, uh, go over to my YouTube channel, all that shit. I appreciate you, and I will see you in the next one.